Are you going to, nobody can talk to their family and not realize that at some point, every member of their family has been difficult to every member of their family. Sure. But, you know, to, to focus a full episode on your difficulties seems harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But also that's how I feel like I grow as a person is like to ask those things directly and hear those criticisms of myself and to sort that out to be like, would I still do that today? And some of that I would. I respect that. I listen. I, hear you. I mean, unfortunately with you, I feel like I don't feel like we've had any real difficulty because I don't think we've ever got, you know, fully family involved with each other. So in what sense? And I don't believe that I feel like I'm too much too often. And I feel like my personality, I put on people too much. Um, I can be too much. I don't feel like I've had that moment with you where my instinct has kicked in. of like, I think Aaron's being too much. I should go. Like, I don't yeah, no, feel like we've had thing. that. Yeah, exactly. In fact, if I could, I wanted to be a fan of yours for a second, which Wait. I would say I do this like once every like 10 episodes when I like am a fan of somebody. You're a person that when I first started doing stand up, all of a sudden about a year into me struggling to figure out how to get any laugh happening, you show up out of nowhere. Like you and Rami, it feels like moved here together. Basically. And I was just like, you, these guys, these guys are hilarious. And like, I would like watch you as if like you were like the guy to how to actually put a bit together. Well, that's very nice. And thank you. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, I appreciate that. I work. I it's uh, Rami and I did come here basically together. Look at us now. Both equally mm -hmm. successful. Uh, <laughs> I mean, give it time. I have to remind myself all the time. We all get drafted at different days. There is there's it, not 100 percent. I 100 percent kid. There is no competition. It should never be a competition. There's no reason to compete with anybody. Mm -hmm. It's not a competition. Yeah, exactly. But I also have to remind myself that sometimes, too. You're like, yes, that's right. Oh, it's hard. I, I got very lucky where all my friends, when I started, got so successful so quick. Like, mm -hmm. I had this wild rush of, and I've said, still to this day, I say, like, if you want to make it in Hollywood, be friends with Danny Jollis. <laughs> no better guarantee. I, I, I am a golden goose for my friends. Um, I, uh, I want to be, like, stepping with these exceptions coming in but i was like no you're the one that like you introduced me to like rachel bloom you know yep. like and to like yeah I'm rachel, to think of another... rachel back in the day nobody knew you know it was like she was just my really good friend and and yeah rachel rom i mean two golden globe winners right there yeah yeah exactly um <laughs> then of course I... you and Rami, and um no it's, it's something like that... yeah go ahead there's more to come there's this, definitely I'm... more to come it's it's a it's an impressive list of friends I have. I'm very proud of it. I, I also think it's but but again, all of their success is my success. And on top of that, just because of early, like even with like, you know, the friends, the people crew, which was like an early friend of friendship group of mine and stuff like that, like they all were so successful, so quick and just early comedians. I knew I just got used to the idea of like people go past you and it's not a bad thing and you need to like be supportive because you see people turn on people and they get successful and it really is not nice and it's not good. Yeah. And it comes off as petty. And I was like, I never want to be that person. So now I'm like, I'm somebody who like when my friends get successful, I like go out of my way to be like, I'm just so happy for you. And I want you to know that you're allowed to, because there's also with success and I've had some, and I understand this, like with success comes more stresses. Like there's new mm -hmm. stresses that come. And so I came to, you know, some of my friends, I'm like, they have some real stressful stuff going on in their life. 
And, you know, I'm always somebody who I'm like, no matter where you are success wise, like I'm somebody you can talk to about it. And I will, you know, I'm here and I don't care. You don't have to feel bad telling me about it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I've had some of that happen with some friends. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I met Preacher Lawson at 18 when he was 18, you know, and he's blown up to a huge thing. And there was a weird conversation I had with him where I was like, listen, I am a fan of comedy and I'm just so excited that it's like someone I know has like really fully like made it. You know, I, I get excited every time I see anyone I know in a commercial. Like, there's never like a, but why didn't I or where was? Right. It's always been like a, it's such a I good attitude. And it'll get you I so love. far. My friends are do, are in the things I love. How mm-hmm. cool is this? You That's know, great. like, and uh, the same thing with like, like, you can talk to me, even if it's about money. I know you have more than I do. I don't care. My bills yeah. are paid. I don't care about any more than that. It's it, And it's really helpful because those people sometimes need to talk about stuff like that, you know, and it's like, yeah. yeah. Don't worry about it. No, and it's really nice. So I'm, uh, but man, I've got a lot of very successful friends, but I appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate what you said earlier about creating bits. That's definitely stand up. Creating bits is definitely my favorite thing. Yeah. And, well, uh, I also, I didn't bring all that up to be like, hey, you got these friends. As much as it's just like, I believe that that kind of success is happening in your future too. And these people who are of this mindset of like creating and doing it well and having like, at that level and quality all sort of find each other. And there's a magnet for it. I like to think so. And I, and I do think, and it's something I remind myself of all the time of like, at the end of the day, being good at your job is very, very helpful. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people who get successful in this business for a lot of reasons. And some of it is because they're good at job. Some of it is for wildly other reasons. For sure. Reasons, reasons you're like, what did they do? What's happening? <laughs> And, you know, and the industry, you know, and, and, but it's, it's like good for them. We're not competing. Just keep it moving, keep it moving, but being yeah, good, we're not, it gets good. Like, you know, I mean, the special, I bet I'm, I'm betting on myself pretty hard by putting on YouTube because that was not the suggestion I was given, hmm. but I kind of bet on it. And so we're going to see, but I'm betting on that. I think the special is really good and I hope people want to share it when they see it. Yeah, I want to bring up the special. Yeah. I want to say that I have not watched it yet. It's I'm not out yet. To. So exactly. It, well, sure. I was going to say it's by the, be out by the time this, this comes, comes out, out. It's out. Yeah. Yes. This is going to come out like two weeks after the special's out. But, so but people for can your, go watch for it your, For your listeners, so they know you are a good friend. This is not your fault that you have not watched yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm actually really looking forward to it. I'll probably watch it the day it comes out. Because it's also like you're a comic that I love watching. And so like I'm really curious, like, does this bit that I love that that make it? Did that bit make it? Like, I really want to see if the things I love watching you do over the last 10 years are in this thing or not. And if it, I haven't seen it, now I'm excited to see this bit I haven't seen. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, you know, it's a who's who of my jokes, but it's, it's very exciting. It's, but it's scary. It's scary putting it out. It's also just wild. It's just wild. The whole situation, the putting out a special is so scary, man. Yeah, I'm uh, terrified to release anything, even like my five minute bits. Yeah, I am completely terrified to put any of it. Same out. here. I see comics who put out like a new clip like every two hours, and I'm like, I don't know how you do it. Like, <laughs> I, those every- I do the same. I would look at it in terror too. It's really like watching like people send their kids out into the street. You're like, <laughs> why are you? But what yeah, if you want to? Like, it's like you feel that confident in that joke. <laughs> like, you feel that good. But like, but then, you know, there's, but then it, it really works for them. And like, it's really shown like there's such a big market for consistent 
output, yeah. which has been very hard for me during quarantine because this entire quarantine, I've wanted to put out material stand up in particular, but knew yeah. I had an hour. I had an hour of really good material that I couldn't put out yet. Cause I was like, it's not, you know, we did it right before COVID. And then it was like, it just, I've taped my entire last year of sets mm-hmm. before COVID hit. And then, but I didn't release anything. Cause I was like, no, no, no. Cause I'm, Oh, cool. You know, next time I'll just say a little like this. And next mm-hmm. time I'll throw this bit in, I'll follow with that. All of those things. I was just constantly tinkering. And then, then when everything came to a screeching halt, there was a, well, do I put it all together and release it? Or do I still wait when things come back to be like, and back to the drawing board, drawing yep. boards fresh. And here I go. Yeah. And I think where I'm at, that's what I plan on doing. Can I guess something about your special just purely from the graphic? Sure. So it has you in six different outfits uh, as a caricature mm-hmm. on the graphic. So are you piecing together six different sets to make the hour? So it's not piecing them together, but you are very close. Okay. Did this with Don't tell comedy. And okay. so we did it in six different locations. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a surf shop, barber shop, a gym, like all that stuff. And instead of piecing it together, it's actually six 10 minute chunks uninterrupted. Oh, great. It catches me mid set of six different sets. But they yeah. all have like a theme and it's like that rather than like coming back and forth. It's like this 10 minute chunk is about me. This next chunk is about sex. This next chunk is about this. And it's that that whole time. I have specifically thought about doing that exact same idea for when I eventually want to release a thing. It's and fun. S- it, it really, I thought, fit where I'm at comedically because I, I, you know, I do tour and I do headline, but. At the end of the day, I'm still when I headline, I still do like move. I still go from this idea to this idea, but they're about 10 minutes each, you know, like when I'm really like flows before I have to do like the bullshit transition of Mm -hmm. like, anyway, cats are weird or like whatever to like get (laughs) the next thing to like get there. And so this was nice because it's like none of that. It's just like my best jokes. That was fantastic. I'm looking forward to this thing. I know you are. I mean, I'm very excited for it to be out in the world. Yeah. And by the time this comes out, I'm sure I would have loved it. Uh, I'll mention it at the end of the episode because I'll do. Yeah. I'll at the outro will be taped after this comes out just so I can talk about your special. Okay. But I do a plug on every podcast that I'll, that I do have to get in at the end. Don't let me forget. Okay. Let me write that down. Or did you want to do that plug right now? Or does it have to be a thing that happens at the very end? Well, it's a rant. But I guess it can be a rant at the end at the, right now. Sure. Uh, which is this. So then you can do whatever outro you want at the end and plug it. But here's the thing I'll just say to people, and this is important. Um, stand-up comedy is like hockey. Um, it is very fun to watch on TV, but it's another mm-hmm. experience live. For sure. Don't worry about seeing me or any comic that you recognize or is famous. Just look up your local comedy club and go see live stand-up comedy. It's the best form art form on the planet. And if you haven't seen it live, you don't yet really understand how great it is. Please go see live stand-up comedy. You'll have the best night of your life. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with all of that. Although, interestingly enough, before I did stand-up, I was a terrible stand-up audience. Oh, we all are. I mean, that's the part of being a yeah. comic. And I knew that. I remember when I was in Arizona that someone invited me. They're like, we got free tickets to a comedy show. You want to go? And I was like, I understand why I got the invite. But you have to understand, I knew early. I was like, I want to do this. So I'm not fun there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, I mean, I, I, I think like when I, I was always not fun. 
And then when I start doing it, I was particularly not fun. But mm-hmm. I did. So I'll tell you this. So the last, because the last stand-up show I enjoyed was like a big moment for me. Hmm. Because it was like, it was right when it, because I was like, you know how early you're like half-assing it when you do stand-up? Because it's just too scary to like jump in. You, nobody jumps in. It's just too terrifying. So I was doing it like yeah. once or twice a week, which is, as you know, great and useless. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's a, that's fun and that's good, but you're not doing it yet. Yeah, but also I'll give it this just in case someone's listening that wants to do it. It is like walking into a pool and you're just on the steps. You're not all the way in the pool yeah. and you got to get wet. But also just jumping in and getting wet is how you learn. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it is, well, look, and I told you, I'm like, look, I'm a big fan of like when somebody's like, man, I wish could you see I'm like, do it one time. I was like, do a bringer show. Do it one time. Mm-hmm. No reason. Anybody, you, you should do anything you want to do with stand-up comedy. And particularly if you don't want to do it like for your life, I'm like, get in there and like do it once a, like get just do a bringer show i'm like do a bringer show bring 10 people that'll be easy have yeah. the night in your life Tell i think it's a fantastic hobby for sure yeah great but if somebody's talking to me they're like i want to be a stand-up comic i'm like you really want to do it i'm like okay you're gonna have to do it every night just uh-huh. it is what it is if you want to do it do it so i was doing it one to two times a night i was like early and then my friend was like uh, my friend Lindsay was like, Hey, I got freaked. They're giving away tickets to this comedy special that's being taped. It was at NYU. She's like, Do you want to go? And I was like, Who is the guy? And she's like, He's been in Soul Plane, I think. And I was like, All right, whatever. And we go. And I was third row for Kevin Hart's first special. Nice. And it was, and it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. I just like didn't know a human could be that funny. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, I want to do that. And it was like, that was the last probably stand-up show I ever was an audience member for. Yeah, but that's great. Like, though. But that was like the day I remember like leaving being like, okay, it's every night, every night. This is mm-hmm. it now. This is my life. Have you since being a stand-up actually really enjoyed a show like from the back of the room? You know, what has been awesome. And by awesome, I mean, sad, but good in a sense is um, COVID has made me like I've been watching every show I've done since like, I'm starting to go out there now pretty consistently mm-hmm. consistently once or twice a week at this point, which is like pretty yeah. good for these COVID times. Um, I'm doing live shows plus like zoom, but these COVID shows I've been watching the whole show. I've had so much fun watching stand up again. Cause I haven't seen it live in so long. You know, what's really been interesting to me about the COVID shows now, now that we're a year in is when people first started, they're like, this sucks because they were trying to act like it's stand-up. And now we've actually conformed and accepting like that Zoom it's on the shows? screen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Zoom. Zoom is just a different animal. I've fully embraced the animal. Oh, you're talking about going to actual live. I mean, things. like I'm doing live shows once or twice a week at this point. Oh, I uh, I have yet to go and jump back into that water. But very all excited outs, for all outdoors, happens. all masks so far. But it's been just awesome and so fun. Yeah. And... Man, I've just had such a good time with it. And uh, but I've been watching the show, like seeing it yeah. in person again. And I did shows in New York during the break during like halfway through last year. I went to New York mm-hmm. and I did like two, probably like two, three months of shows in New York. That's great. All outdoors. And it was great. And so I've been just watching every show I do, though, because I'm like, I miss this. So I've been watching. It's mm-hmm. been awesome. Yeah, for sure. And I'm actually I'm watching more specials more intently now. I watch every special. I watch almost, I not every special because there's too many specials come out, but I watch a lot of specials. 
I watch a ton of them. I also try to, I used to, I've fallen behind. I used to watch every Conan and everyone else where like they've been doing that. Yeah. Like, but since COVID, I haven't watched any of the Tonight Show stuff. And I know well, there that, hasn't like, really been any. I mean, they're all. There's been like four. Exactly. Yeah, but they're it's taped. Like, it's weird. Bergazzi did one. And I'm a huge fan of his. Who? Uh, Nate Bergazzi. Yes, he is. Um, and so like, I was like, oh, Jesus great. Trejo did one. There's, yep. there's been a couple. We've, uh, I really, you know, one thing about releasing specials, you usually do a late night set in conjunction. Yeah. But. Uh, the perfect timing of it is uh, there is no late night to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but I have fallen behind in that stuff. I used to watch all of those things too. It's like, it is yeah. mathematical. When you write your sets down or like your bits, you're writing a new bit. So, so Danny gets an idea. Mm-hmm. How does he write it down to the point that it becomes a fleshed out thing that he does on stage? So I talk... My thing is less writing and more talking. I just talk to myself a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot about talking and, and saying things over and over again and kind of getting a feel for it. I actually don't write down, write down a lot of my jokes. It's all about the talk and the flow. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes from like, I kind of know where I want to end up and where I'm going to start. So it's like, I'm trying to think of like a good example of a joke of like, how it started but also i do also i have a phrase that i follow a lot called follow the laughs mm-hmm. it's like hmm. and this is where i miss open mics where it's like the best part of open mic is doing a joke and being like okay so we thought this was good this one kind of sucked but this part got a little something people kind of mm-hmm. pop so what if we just like focus on that and i talk that idea out more and more so it's a lot of that but like I tend to know like the big point I want to make. And then, and, and I would say if I were to do a inside, inside, inside baseball, Danny Jollis, basic joke. It's always like, we're going to start with something stupid, tell a lot of stupid jokes about it. But what if that's about the economy? It's like, that's kind of a Danny joke. Mm -hmm. So I kind of do though, in my mind, kind of think about jokes sometimes that way where I'm like, you know, what's the fun thing we're starting with? But usually it's like, ooh, this is a good way. If I can explain this, I think it's a good way to explain this. And hmm. that's what I'm at. That's great. Also, I do a lot of like arguing with the crowd that they didn't start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrestling, you know, like a wrestling joke where it's like, it's like, oh, you guys don't like professional wrestling. Here we go. And it's like, and I get going, but it's like, they did nothing to start this fight. I just created yeah. a fight with the crowd. <laughs> I only do that with uh, family members, I think. Sure. That's that's the I difficulties. Am. I walk in with all the defensiveness, and so I get defensive. It never occurred to me to make that part of a stand-up persona, but I think it works. For, I Well, look, I think everybody's stand-up persona is different. I think that's sort of the fun of stand-up is you slowly discover how you do stand-up. So for me, oh, for, like, sure. for years, I mean, I was not doing Danny-type jokes, and there was a moment mm-hmm. where I remember being like, oh, this is what I do. This mm-hmm. is what I like to do. This feel, this makes me excited. Like going from a small point to a big point fills me with such joy. That's great. How long did it take you before you think you, that clicked in your head? Oh, so long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the fun thing because like you, I hear some people that are like a year and a half in that I feel like, oh, this person like everyone else. And they go, I found my voice. And I'm like, you don't even know what a voice is yet. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, the sentence I'm, you're saying. Oh, I, I'm so, I was so slow to be good. I struggled so much early. 
I mean, um, I, yeah. And it was I'm like, nine years in, and I feel like I'm starting to get good now. Like, I feel like the first eight years were a huge struggle. Well, you still, I mean, even like, uh, yeah, well, I don't think that's true for you, by the way. But thank you. Um, um, but I do think. Yeah, I mean, the part of doing stand-up is every year you look back on what it, it's also part of the special. I watch this. There's a couple parts in this. You talk about like recording stuff and then being like, ah, yeah. I can do better. It's like there's a couple parts in the special where I'm like, ooh, I fixed, I actually improved that joke a little bit, a little bit afterwards because I didn't uh-huh. burn the material right after filming it because we weren't sure if it was going, if it had worked, basically. It was like, it was such a tricky filming situation. I don't recommend doing the six different locations, six parts thing. It's very hard uh, <laughs> with no budget. Yeah, no budget was about a one in a hundred shot. It worked and it did. And it really turned out great, but it was like really hard logistically. So we weren't positive. Well, it sounds a little like the way Sam put together his latest. Sam Morrill. Yeah. How he was on all the I'm not talking about the one he did in the club. If you're listening, he does one where he's on a bunch of rooftops He did right. rooftop shows throughout the pandemic. But he just he cut together those. the best moments from his. Yeah, correct. And sort of kind of so the difference, but was it does I, feel like he was hitting like eight minutes of that set, seven minutes of that set, and he yeah, was he's been getting on one for a while. That's true. He he's not yeah. cutting mid chunk. What? He's not. No, he's not cutting mid chunk. That is true. He yes, I mean the thing was was like we knew the six chunks, and we just we had six shows, and it was like that was all the budget had was yeah. like six shows, blah blah. So and uh, I do something with a special I really like where it's a. Uh, it just starts mid set. So I've already been on stage and then it's just like each one we come into and I'm like, and we, I just start, there's no like well, Danny Jaws thing, whatever. And so, um, but so part of that was I would basically every show we did, I would do three of the parts mm-hmm. and I would like reset between each one where I'd like finish mm-hmm. it. And then I'd be like, maybe like a minute of crowd work and then like restart the next part. So each one, it sort of became this thing where it was like, first show, we're like, okay, we got this part. And then like second show was like this part. And it was like, but the third show was like, you know, okay, so we only have four parts left, but we have to, but at this point, we've also seen many of these parts not get the reaction we wanted. Like, mm-hmm. fine, but like, you know, you want that special pop. And then by doing the last part being like, okay, it's one part left. We have one part that we just don't have yet. And if it doesn't work here, that's it. And we're still not sure about this one. And we have one, I have one in an art gallery probably only 20 people in the crowd. It's very small, very intimate. Yeah. And we were like, how's that going to sound? Sounded great. So it's like, but it, at the time it just was like a long shot. So I was still working on these yeah. jokes up to, and then also I was like, Ooh, I'll, you know, start working in new material. And then when the special drops, I'll obviously have to burn it, but I can like at least do stuff. And then um, COVID happened. So now we are just desperately trying to write material. <laughs> <laughs> we are, uh, yeah. Big trouble over here. I get that. That's funny. One of the problems I a friend of mine, I'm not going to say his name, he did a special where he taped it in different parts or he was taping an, an album. And so he was doing all these things. It's like, because he was getting 15 minute sets. So he was taping his album in 15 minute chunks to do it. So and then funny. all of a sudden he came back to the point where he's had like 40 minutes that he likes. And he's like, this part's not doing it. And am I supposed to just go up there and only do the stuff that's not working now? And that's what I had to do. yeah Yeah, exactly and you just literally tee it up and be like this is the section we need and it was scary it was really hard to put together but so cool when it worked but very 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 tough and just also like again like some of these crowds are so small and it was also video you know it's also the video element adds a lot Mm -hmm. because it's like 
how did I look? But there was one, there's one, I won't say which one. I hope anybody who watches it doesn't spot it, but there is one I'm sweating like a, I'm wet. I was so, the room was so hot. I was a mess. It was horrific. That's, that's funny. Although that doesn't bother me as somebody who's watching. It bothers me. Just because it's you, just because it's you. Like when like, Shaq is watching his highlight reel. He's like, "Oh God, I'm sweating." But everyone else is like, "Did you see that block?" You know, yeah. like everyone else is oh, watching sure. the other and, thing. And there's things about the special, you know, with every special, there's certain parts. I'm like, "Oh, deserved more." I misspoke there. I wish I had got distracted. I got distracted. But it's like nobody will know. I think I, I'm very proud of it. Yeah, but it's it's hard. Yeah, and I've never heard a single person who takes a set that went everything was perfect. It was beautiful. You know, I've heard people have that sereneness because they're letting go of it, but never like the, you know what? Yeah. I, I said every line perfectly. I remembered yeah. all of them. Yeah. I, you know, I think specials because most people, when they do a special, they rent a theater uh-huh. and they, it's 50% like their deepest fans and their friends. And then, you know, maybe 25% friends, 50% their biggest fans, 25% like rogue. Yeah. You know, so it's like they tend to have the set of their life for your special. You tend to have the mm-hmm. set of your life. I did not do that. Yeah. Regrettably, who knows? But I felt that it would be better. I felt like it was going to feel more like me. I wanted something that felt like me, but it was interesting because it's true. But because people usually do have this set of their life for their special because you set up a room for you to have the set of your life. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, if I'm going to guess, when Danny Jarlis has his set of his life, it's not the special where he does six locations. It's the special where he can rent the theater and put all that stuff in. And, or maybe even like only 10% of the audience is anyone. He has any resemblance of who he knows because oh, people sure. are there because you've done something else and they genuinely love you and they don't know your standup. Well, and so you're going to just sideswipe him. Well, that was the cool part about this. This was, you know, six different shows where it was, I mean, they are a truly rogue crowd. They didn't even know they were yeah. attending a tape. I mean, we had to tell them like, "Hey, we're taping this," mm-hmm. but like, they didn't even know it was my thing being like they. It was just on the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like afterwards, they're like, "So, which comic was taping?" Yeah, oh, they didn't know. I mean, yeah, we just didn't. I didn't want that fake bullshit special crowd because mm-hmm. I do think that's a thing, and I it, it irks me. It is, but it's disappearing. Thank God. Sure. But yes, but that used to irk me a lot is when people would have these like just ridiculous crowds and be like, come That's on. Who the you Comedy fooling? Central half hour crowd. Ugh. Specifically, it's like, how does every crowd sound like the last crowd? And it's just like this weird. And it's just crazy. And it's just like, who's this? What is this? <laughs> what yeah, is exactly this? like I've been to a lot of shows. I've never seen this crowd anywhere. Well, but for the comedy, some Central of my favorite hour. parts of the, some of my favorite parts of the special are the parts where it is silent like there are parts where i am working you know because it's because that to me was who i am as a comic i would do these bits where like sometimes i'm disagreeing with the crowd and it's like they were disagreeing they were not you know when it's and i've done you know i did like a dynasty typewriter show before everything shut down it was like truly i filled that place it was my people it was like hey this side of my life it was easy like but it didn't feel real it's not who my stand-up it's not what my stand-up wait so let me ask you about the terror now that you are going to release a special, the next time you go up, 
are you doing some of the material on that or is it all just burnt? And I tell you, I'm already burning it. It's burnt. I'm a good okay. burner. I like burning things. I burned bros after Colbert. I love burning things. Nice. Um, bros is not on the special. Oh, that, okay. Interesting. That, that, that ended on Colbert. That was the, so let I everyone know that, that, uh, if you like Danny's special and you haven't looked up his Colbert, you yeah, can go I, back I, I and like see that. I think people, seen. I hope people discover the special and then they go, Ooh, this was actually like the joke that it was my biggest joke, but I yeah. felt like it ended there. I felt like, yeah, that was the one that my buddy sent me not knowing that I knew you. Oh, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where he's like, Hey, you're just stand up in Los Angeles, right? Check yeah. this out. Like, that's so isn't funny. this a good bit? And you're, like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I've watched him bomb with that bit so many times. Uh, <laughs> it's not at all what I wrote. Um, I was just like, oh, I love this guy. Oh, I probably already know this bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I've already burned it. Um, I haven't yet had to headline. Mm-hmm. That's really going to be the scary part, right? Because it's like I did. I've done probably 20 now without it. Oh, good. And so I've got a new 20. That's good. Got some great new parts, got some really good sections, but you know, when I think about doing 45 an hour right now, I'm like, boy, it would sure would be nice to have that material because I don't fully know what I, so if, I, if someone asked me, to, the truth is I want to say, no, never, I'm just going to be good. If someone asked me to headline a club this week, like the week, this weekend when the special's yeah. out, I probably, I, just realistically, I, I'm going to have to mix in some of it yeah. just to survive 45 an hour but i can do you know i can probably do 30 around town and maybe do okay <laughs> i'm sure you do fine yes, i think question mark no you'll be great it's tough though it's hard it's yeah nice. it is tough that's why i'm terrified to release it so do you think that you're releasing this at the right time since you've already burnt it now that you're on the other side I think so. We, we definitely pushed it a couple times. Yeah. I pushed it a couple times because I was like, you know, by the time we f- figured out who to go with, because we like, you know, we wanted to sell it to a company who really knows what they're doing. But these companies, again, were so anti YouTube. Yeah. And then 800 pound gorilla, full credit to them, was the only company that got what I was going for and were willing to like make an exception and be like, okay. And it was very thankful for them. Um, they're great. They're such a good company. Uh, and yeah, but it was, so it took a while for that to happen. And then it was like, you know, we st- we basically we st- started, it was like right at the end of black lives matter. And I was like, well, I don't want to put anything out right now. That's, you know, this is an important time. Let's, let's yeah. not, let's not muddle it up. Then um, the, ele- I just saw the election. I was like, this thing's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> like this, yeah going to be a fucking nightmare i was like i don't want to be anywhere near it and they're like what about during march madness 2021 during a season that questionably nobody watched for college basketball and you're like perfect good time i I, well no because it was like and then it was even (laughs) sex i wanted to do it december december was my ideal time i was like let's hit the christmas rush election happens and trump the next day is like no i won and i was like this is gonna be a nightmare yeah, this is gonna be even worse. You thought the first thing was bad. This thing is. I I knew that was gonna be bad. I didn't know it'd get to the place it got to, but I knew it was. I knew I was like someone's gonna get hurt. I mean, this is you can't tell people democracy is broken and not expect people to react accordingly. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, people people listen to him. So when he says democracy is broken, it's like, yeah, they're going to I, you know, sure. So I was like, this is going to end badly. And so we pushed to now. So now I'm I, honestly now I'm just so excited. And I think it is a good time. I think the world I mean, the hope in the air is. You can taste it. Yeah. You walk outside. You can taste hope. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now that we got so many people vaccinated and things are opening up. Vaccinated things are opening back up. It's fun. It's like, yeah, I mean, look, do I wish, you know, it's like, it's like, ooh, was the dream when like when people were locked inside and nothing else to do? It's like, yeah, maybe, but also I disagree. I think people were really depressed. I didn't think people wanted to see comedy during that time. I don't know. I've just, I, I've look, I've gone back and forth. At a certain point, you get a date and you're like, you know, I've already I've already ducked the election. I was like, it yeah. is what it is at this point. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. And then when we first opened up, I was like, Oh no, you know, because we're like at twenty five percent capacity as of right now, the taping, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh no, we're opening up." Then I googled, I'm like, "Oh, we have a hundred million vaccinated." I guess, yeah, it's time. Yeah, no, it, it it's the it's time for a Danny we... Jolly special. It's time for a Danny Jolly special. Everybody's saying it. That's what everybody's talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you go to the CDC site, they're like, they're "Hey like, guys, time for a Danny Jolly special." Um, no, but I mean, it's true. It's like, look, numbers are better. There's a reason the numbers are better. The numbers aren't better because you know two weeks ago hasn't yet caught up to us numbers are better because people are vaccinated they're not spreading it Mm -hmm. and so it's like you know i'm definitely doing only outdoor shows at the moment but like i'm certainly becoming more open to indoor like i get it right now and you know i wish i could get the vaccine but i can't but someday i mean i think by the time this thing comes out in like two or three weeks we'll probably be able to get on some list yeah, I'm probably just gonna stand by it at some point. I mean, I just really want this thing. I'm a, I'm a Aaron. It might shock you to find out I'm uh, terrified of this disease. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Not at all. Am I surprised by that? But yeah, no, um, I'm on a waiting list for if they have any extra. But I think they say by the end of the month we should be allowed to just sign up and get a date. I hope so. We can go get it. I hope so. That'd be great. I would love yeah. to get it. Sure. Would. Do you have a preference? I think Johnson and Johnson actually. Me too. What it done, baby? Get me out of there. Yeah, exactly. Just give it to me. Let me go. This should be enough. Got to worry about it. That should be yeah. enough for your boy. <laughs> I'm young enough. It's not like I need the full eighty percent. Look, I keep reminding myself, you know, because I get very frustrated sometimes. I can't get the vaccine because I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough as a comic. I'm like, I got to be out of here. You know, there's people working. I have computer jobs. I can't do, you know, if I'm, if, if I'm going to make money, I have to leave my house. I have to be yes. around humans. It is a little scary. And I wish I could, I wish that factored in. Um, but I also have to remind myself like, Hey, the reason I'm not able to get it is because I'm lucky enough to be young and fairly healthy. So it's like, yeah, shut up and stop being weird. And you know, so who do you think you should get the vaccine first? Stand-up comedians or close-up magicians? That's a good question. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like we gotta be in the same group, basically, right? I mean, close up magicians. We're in the same me. group, but I feel like they should be they have to be close up. It's not like they can have the stage six feet away. Well, yes and no, right? It's like you can do close up magic and only have one person near you. I mean, you you can do a close up magic, you know, you, you get a camera. But then you top. go to the next person. I, I, I mean, I you've like. done a lot of Zoom shows, right? Yeah. So you've seen some magic on Zoom. Works great. <laughs> I've done, I've done some magic. I've, I've, I, if there's one thing I've had consistently in my career, it is that people love pairing me with magicians. That is so weird. 
It is so what? fucking annoying. It's almost rabbit Aaron. They what they do is better than what we do. So it's very <laughs> hard to compete. <laughs> Uh, it's very I have several true. friends that are magicians, and awesome. uh, yeah, no, it's amazing. It literally is amazing. That's what their job is to do: is to amaze. It's impossible to follow. Impossible. <laughs> I've had to do it so many times. I've gotten pretty good at it. I have like a whole bit I'll do after following the magician. Literally about it, because I'm just like I've had to. Follow, I've had to follow this so many times. Does Richard make you use that all the time? And comedy magic. Yeah. He never puts me after the magician. Oh no, he does sometimes, but that place, the magic, the magic's so quick there that it's not as big a deal. Yeah. It's when it, it's when somebody does 20 minutes of magic and then you have to do 20 <laughs> minutes of comedy. It's just like brutal. Brutal. I've done it. I've been there. Yeah. You've done yeah, it. Exactly. And we've all do it. We all do it. I just have for whatever reason I've found that I end up doing it so regularly. Is it a good sign for my career? No, it's not a good sign. <laughs> so to you, it's like, I'm going to have made it when I have eventually stopped doing shows with magicians, whether opening or closing the show. Yes, I will genuinely consider it a win. That should be like your big goal for the rest of your career. I think it like, happen. I think if I believe in myself, it could happen. Yeah, no, I definitely be- I believe in you that one day will be the last day you do a show with a magician. I'm excited about it. It's a thought. It's a thought I've had. Every time I do a show with a magician, I think, will this be the last time? It is very fun being backstage with a magician, though. Do you Before find you- that fun? Yeah, when they're just setting up and they just have all their their stuff still like flipping around. You're just like, yeah, but all that anxiety they have shit with into like their pot. They're like into like their side and stuff, and you're like, you're like, I don't know what that teapot's doing in your shirt, but it's gonna come back later. Oh, see, I find so much anxiety with that. When I'm watching them just check to make sure they have everything and you don't know what everything is. So you can't be like, no, dude, you got everything. You're good. You know, like and they're just yeah. flipping around their toys. It's too much. I did a show with somebody who had a, uh, I think it was a duck. No, no, it wasn't. It was a goose. No, swan. He had a swan. A full size swan? Full size swan. Where'd he hide it? In his shirt. Whole show. He had a swan in his shirt. I that won't sounds say who it impossible. Is. It sounds impossible. I honestly felt like that's the magic trick. The magic trick is how the hell you're doing a whole show with the swan in this thing. He pulled it out at the end. It was so cool. So you wait. So, so I, he just I'd watch him shut. I'd watch him with the swan and like we did like a. I think I did a weekend with that dude. I won't say who it is because he's obviously a great magician. I won't give away his trick. Yeah, of course. Um, but he, yeah, I remember like. Is there a two, harness? Day two, I was like, sure how, the, how the hell are you doing this? I think there was something about it where it was like they're they're the kind of animal that if it's light they wake up and if it's dark they go to bed. So it's just it will sleep throughout the it just thing, no matter he's what. like he's like I never feel it doesn't do anything. And I was like that can't be true. That you must accidentally <laughs> hit it and it freak out at some point. Like it just cannot be true. But he, it, it worked. I mean I saw it work every night. Because I have and to I cut the you, tags in the back of my shirt. When a when a fucking swan comes out of a guy's shirt, it gets a pop.
so happy to have him on the show. Danny Jarlis is a... I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Danny Jarlis. Which, the only reason I say it in any weird sincerity is because I'm also a friend of Danny Jarlis. And so, like, that's, like, the cool middle ground you get with stand-up. Is you get to watch your friends. And when you see them on stage shine like that, you go, oh, you know what? I'm a fan of this person. You know, like... And I, I like separating it, but also combining it. You know, like, if you were friends with John Lennon. And I know that it's huge to compare him to that. So I'll compare him to anybody, just any musician you like. Let's say you delivered pizzas with Jason Mraz. And he's, what a great singer, you know? And so you then you go see him in concert, and then like three albums later, you're like listening to his songs all the time. And you're like, I am genuinely a fan of Jason Mraz. Which, by the way, my Jason Mraz would be Cameron Hood. That's a past episode. Met him in high school before I really knew his music. I listen to his music every day, still. So anyway, yeah, but it's that kind of thing. Danny Jollis, the same, stand-up-wise. Big fan. I have never left the room when he's been on stage. I have never missed a set where I was in the vicinity. I was like, oh, no, wait, Danny's on next? Okay, let's go and watch. Always. I'm always watching Danny. Love watching Danny. Love being, love being fans of my friends. I just love that. And so very happy to share this. And since we talked about the stand-up and you guys didn't get to see the stand-up, check out his stand-up. It's on YouTube. He dropped the hour special. You heard the episode. It's called Six Parts, Danny Jollis, J-O-L-L-E-S. Go watch it. It's great. I heavily endorse it. I know for some of you listening, you're like, are there some swears? Yes, there are some swears. Are they crazy gross? No, they're not crazy gross. But you know, you have that now in front of you to know, to make those decisions. I love this special. I was only really familiar with, I mean, keep in mind, I've been watching this guy for 10 years, every chance I could, as I just said. Only familiar with like 40 of these 60 minutes he released. So I was like excited to see like some new bits. You know, you're like, oh, I don't know where he's going with this. And then my favorite Danny Jollis bit didn't even make it. And I was like, oh, the next hour. Now I got to wait three years for the next hour to see if that bit makes it. By the way, also, if you're on the fence of like, oh, should I watch the whole hour special? Watch Danny Jollis' Stephen Colbert. If you like it, you're going to love the special. In fact, I would go as far as say his special is better than his Colbert, and I love his Colbert. So how about that? Let's make that confusing. Um, another thing, Danny was also on a past podcast I did called Sports and Comedians. And I was thinking, you got, I got people listening to this. If you guys are good internet salutes and you can find these past episodes, can you let me know? Because I... I would love to go back and listen to those and release them for you guys. Like, because I did like an hour-long interview with Nate Bargatze where we talk about Vanderbilt and stuff. And there's some like cool little gems in there, you know, like Tony Baker, Danny Jollis. I had good episodes. I had a lot of great comedians on there. And like, it's cool because some of them have like really blown up now. So it would be, if you guys happen to know where to, how to find those things, I don't, I haven't found it. I, sh- I should look better. Um, it was called Sports and Comedians. I would love, love to hear those things again. All right. Anyways, next week, I have Jamie Pittinger. I always pause before I say her name, even though I know how to say it. Jamie Pittinger, I met on Jeff Dye's Friendship Podcast, because she was the producer of a podcast called Sex with Emily, and Emily was a guest on Jeff Dye's podcast. She came as the producer, and we just got along really well. Since then, she has left the Sex with Emily podcast and started her own podcast. I know it's at DickPod on Instagram. 
And it's Am I Being a Dick podcast. And you go on as a guest. You tell a story where you may have been a dick. You may have been in the wrong. You don't know. You're in the gray. And she tells you. And I, I think it's great. It's based on the Reddit thread. I've already been on one episode. Hoping to get on a second. I shouldn't say that publicly like this, but I did. Now what? Um, she's on next. I'm excited to have her. Like Every time I've ever talked to her, it's been really easy. It's been really funny. And yeah, we just get into some interesting subjects. You guys are going to enjoy it. Again, Danny Jollis. Check out his YouTube. Check out his Stephen Colbert. Jamie Pittenger. Go check out... See, I did it again with the thing. Go check out her, uh, her podcast. Or you know what? By the time you listen to this, I might already have my episode with her out. Then go listen to that. Go listen to my next podcast. I have no idea when I'm doing the Mandalorian podcast again. I don't know. I'm hoping Bad Batch inspires me to have a whole new thing to go back and talk about the Mandalorian with. But also, I'm enjoying a little bit of a break. Hope you guys are enjoying a little bit of a break too. Baseball season started. Everything's nice. Everything's good right now. I feel good. Thank you guys. Um, I'm at Aaron and Marsh for everything. Please, if you guys don't have stickers and buttons and want them, DM me. Let me know. Let's work it out, you know? Um, yeah, thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong Whether I find a place in this world or never belong I've got to be me I gotta be me